Hello, everybody. Welcome to Comedy Film Nerds, episode 275. I- international episode. International episode, halfway to 550. Nice. <laughs> we going to oh. do something special for 300? Yeah, I think 300. Isn't it going to be close to the festival? No, no. 300 is going to be close to uh, when Star Wars is released. Ah, that's so right. So I think this is not for sure, but we've been talking to Steel Saunders. If we can fly to Australia so we're the first ones to see the new Star Wars movie and then do the, Star, the Steel Wars Film Nerds mashup episode, that would be, I, I looked at the calendar, that would be episode 300. Wow. We got to make that happen. All right. Done. <laughs> We're lunatics. We're gonna go do that. We flew to Australia. We've done crazy things before. Yeah, we flew to the outback to interview one guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so we'll, we can do this. Um, well, this is a first. We have a new time guest, and yes. our first time having a Swedish guest, ladies and gentlemen, from the uh, Philip and Frederick podcast, Philip Hamar. Hello. How are you guys? Good. Thanks for doing this. Well, thanks a lot. I'm very excited. It's it's uh, it's the s- second podcast I'm on, or third maybe. I don't know. I was on Adam Carolla once. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I was on uh, Getting Dog with High. Uh, <laughs> yes. But I don't think that was a real success because I uh, people thought we, it didn't uh, take. Well, people thought we were a little lame. I think you know we weren't really used to. Uh, I mean, he has a following of people who really lives for the marijuana thing, and for us, it was more like coming on a show. And we're not really. I mean, I have nothing against pot at all, but. It <laughs> It just hasn't. I'm not from that culture, you know. We were in, right. in Sweden. We drink instead, so it's it's. Uh, it was a little. Uh, it was a weird experience, and we, we had to take some shit from people. But, <laughs> but so, so, I, 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 I didn't. Uh, someone told me afterwards, like, don't check out the you know the the the, the, the comments or whatever on on YouTube. Just just don't. <laughs> and so I did. You know, I, I didn't. Some I didn't those, mind. I didn't. I didn't really are... mind. But it's it's uh, even the Swedes who are his his uh, followers and his part of his sect. They uh, they were also disappointed. So yeah, all were, in all, because, they were angry you weren't high enough. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I mean, I've, I've been high so many times on television because I'm I'm um, I, I do television as well in Sweden. So it wasn't really a challenge for me to to be high. It wasn't like oh I need to do this because it's important. It's so, not like a pole vault. No, exactly. I did I did because I did a TV show last year where me and my friend I I, I kind of tricked him into to uh, to eating a, a magic cookie. Um, um, Frederick, my co-host, I do all shows with Frederick, and we got so high uh, at a at a silent retreat up in um, in Napa Valley, and that's a better that's the, I, I thought that was a better way uh, of of getting high on on air uh, than, than being on his show. But it it was fun, and I, I get it. But it's I, now I'm prepared for the next time if he ever invites me that I, I should do a different do a little problem. meth maybe yeah. exactly yeah. that that would be inter- more interesting. You got to raise the stakes exactly. <laughs> but, uh, we, we were actually talking about that that you could probably. Probably stretch it a little bit if you went somewhere where it's legal. I don't know where it is, but well, tell us a little bit about your show. Well, I uh, your podcast. Yeah, my, my, podcast. well, we have a podcast called the Philip and Frederick Podcast, uh, and it's been in English for a little bit more than a year now. Uh, first, we did three years, I believe, in Sweden in Swedish, um, and we loved it. But after a while, you, you realize that. So, should we just? continue doing this forever uh, or should we change it and, and make it more accessible for the rest of the world so we did that uh, now um, your last episode in Swedish was the footage you gave us that we are, we're trying to see if we can mm-hmm. figure it how, a place where to put it for the documentary but tell everybody yeah you know. that was crazy I mean we, we ended our uh, you were talking about where you're going to do your 300 podcast we did our, right. our two uh, 
the 200 podcast, which is was our last podcast in Swedish, we did it in the the biggest indoor venue in Sweden. So we actually had 17,000 people showing up for that for a podcast. For a, for a live, podcast, yeah, live podcast. So that was uh, historical. I, I heard you last week. I think it was last week. You talked about um, Mark Maron and how historic it was that that Obama came on the show. But for a live podcast, I think this was pretty historic uh, because uh, it was weird. You know, we were just sitting there in the middle of this huge arena uh, and talking just like this. Yeah. We just had a we just had a table, and uh, well, we, we we threw in some kind of action, but not much. I came in, and it was in the round too, so you had the audience was all around. Yeah, right? they were. But what happened? The first kind of the first minutes. First, Frederick, my co-host, entered. And he was singing uh, a Metallica song because we actually beat their old record of, in terms of, of, of how many people showed up. And then I came in. Uh, I was I was dragged in, and we had built this um, this uh, contain like looked like an American pill container or whatever you call right. it. Because I've been talking a lot on, on my podcast that I that I, I do take a lot of pills for anxiety. Let's not dwell on that now. But I came in uh, well, you're hidden hidden in that in that <laughs> container. So that was as far as we came. To to some kind so that was of, like a giant visual uh, inside joke. Yeah, that was yeah. that was, that. and that's what I love about podcasts. And and I think you touched upon this b- beforehand in your podcast as well. That I love the idea of having seventeen thousand more or less friends showing up. Yeah. So we really didn't bother to make it broader. It was more or less just our the references were only to the stuff we've talked about in the podcast, and it really worked. And that's you know it feels no one showed up for that show. By accident. No, exactly, and that's what I loved about it. So we and we ended up with me hanging in the, uh, uh, in the ceiling, and I was uh, when we were singing an R. Kelly song that we've been talking about a lot, <laughs> and it was fun because everything. But it was weird. That's like a that's a dream to do that. Yeah, it was, and and yeah, everyone took pictures of me, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a dream, and then but it wasn't a dream in the beginning because we were sitting down, we started talking, and then people started screaming, "We can't hear you! We can't hear you!" And we had kind of underestimated the uh, underestimated the uh, the concept of actually doing a podcast in such a big arena that it's really hard. Some, I mean, music always works, but it's tough when you want people to actually uh, hear what because you say. Because when stadiums were built, they didn't think this would be great for a live podcast. No, they will have, <laughs> two guys they will have, they will have to build podcast stadiums in the yeah. future, you know, that are specifically made for this purpose. So yeah. that was scary, but we, I mean, since we're two, we're, we're best friends and we, we're, we're, we're always uh, doing stuff together, so we kind of figured out a way and we, 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 we managed somehow to pull it off. And that was a great experience. But after that, we decided like, hey, now it's over. Let's do it in English. And it's an enormous task, obviously, and a, and a huge challenge. Some of Because some of the Swedish people, they hate it. So they've dropped off. And uh, then how do you get the Americans to come? Exactly. How do you? I mean, because uh, they don't know you. No, they don't. They have no idea. So it's it's really it's only um, word of mouth. I mean, that's really how you do. You can't really buy ads or trying to any right. other way to sell it. I mean, on this show, obviously, it's good for me to to introduce myself. And know. hopefully, this will be a better show than the getting dog with high uh, experience. Our fans well, aren't dicks. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know, know if they're dicks. His fans. It's just that it's it's. Uh, they expected something else. No. So it's it's. I mean, it's some tough, of them but, are dicks. Well, I've been on this podcast before, but we, and I get. Sh- it's the only. You're not going to let that point go. No fucking way. <laughs> I'm on. I'm a recurring guy on a lot of podcasts. There is only one where people. 
And a lot of his fans listen to this show, and those people are like, oh, I love when Graham's on Doug Loves Movies. I've never done Getting Doug with High because I'm not a stoner. But, um, but Neither am I. That was the problem. You know, that's, <laughs> that was, that was the, the... I think... But then I've had so many of, the, of those fans like, oh, Graham sucks. He ruined it. <laughs> shut. But he... Suck in, suck it, and shut it. He would probably... Probably... Like uh, he ruined a podcast. Is that even possible? Oh, it's the idiots who think that his, his movie podcast, like those games are for the Olympics, like it fucking matters. Like, no, it's about joking and making movie records. But he would do a good, like, religious leaders, I think. I mean, his 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 followers are really right. R- well, following to, him. to get back to your reference of like letting people know, I mean, you could, I don't know, just maybe take an ad out on Sunset Boulevard and, exactly. and we, buy a building. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we have been talking about that. And now, when I, when I, uh, yeah, me and Frederick, uh, I'm, I'm sad that he's not here, but he's in Sweden. That we're, you know, we, I mean, we love doing the podcast. I don't know. It's kind of vain to think that, you know, people all over the world would discover your podcast uh, because there are so many right now. But it's still it's still a dream, you know, just to get some kind of following in the U.S. because we're all our the stuff we've made in the past in our in our careers, which is television and, and then podcast and stuff. It's oftentimes based uh, and it comes from American pop culture sure. and, and the US so so for us it would be you know such a such an achievement to have only a few people that well that, I think it, I loving th- us like they love Doug Benson <laughs> like a few, <laughs> few asshole friends uh, fans that would love us. But, I think though I think you know and that's why you know what we're talking about for anybody listening is is uh, you guys are going to do your, your your podcast at the LA Podfest this year yeah we're in, so incredibly that's, excited about this I and, think it's going to be a really cool opportunity uh, for and if you can't get to it those um, if you're listening in Sweden there will be a live stream a You'll live video stream so you'll mm-hmm. be able to watch it so yeah the, the, the fans we have left maybe they will <laughs> no but it's 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 really uh that's an exciting uh, uh thing for us and we're we're very humble when it comes to 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 doing this in in the u.s because also it's it's a it's not my my first language so it sometimes you, you're really looking for the words but gradually we're we're getting better at it and uh it's that's got to be tough for comedy, it is. This co- comedy is so much about based sarcasm in, and slang. Well, I'm based in culture too. And, yeah, all these mm-hmm. cultural references and and you know whatever uh, intentionally butchering a word. Yeah, but and, totally. And that's why sometimes we really f- feel that we suck at it, but then occasionally we feel that actually we can benefit maybe from 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 you know trying to find words we work harder at it uh, and 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 the way we express ourselves but it's i mean it's it's a tough it's a tough thing and who knows where when we will give up but i i don't feel like it right now because and it's also our podcast is you have I think we see more of like themed uh, podcasts, uh, right. and I think that's going to happen more and more. That for every fucking hobby in the world, there will be yep. a podcast, which for is sure. great. And our podcast is only about ourselves, and and which and, technically is a hobby. It is. It is to me as a narcissist. <laughs> that's me. Hey, that's the only hobby I have. But it's also uh, that's weird because we never know where we're going to end up. In I mean, last week's uh, episode, we we ended up talking about. Uh, Tom Waits and 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 uh, Ryan Seacrest and we compared their assholes because uh, we said they w- should both be on display at the Smithsonian in, in Washington D.C. because you know everything Ryan Seacrest does is so clean and you know so well thought of. He's so elaborate in all the choices he makes. Uh, so he has a clean asshole, and then we got Tom Waits, who's this creative lunatic who we love, and that <laughs> that probably reflects on how well you um, you wipe your ass, and 
and you know who knew, who knew that would would be the theme for one podcast, and that's tough, you know. So we're. Uh, well, that's the billboard you should buy outside of the Sofitel Hotel. <laughs> we were actually those two guys assholes. Exactly. We, we, so we were fantasized about you know yeah. that actually becoming a, a, a real item and an installation at the Smithsonian, and we talked about you know call, calling Ryan Seacrest's people and asking yeah. if he would be interested in you donating could, his asshole. You could make it once he's done. Display. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know. We might buy one of those uh, whatever. The, I don't know what kind of spaces there are outside the the Sofitel. Well, the, uh, the Sofitel is right. Right off Maybe of, Beverly Center, just the entire yes. Beverly Center. It's right off mm. of uh, La Cienega Boulevard. Who should I contact? Do you know who sells those ads? Here's what you do. That's Drive up La Cienega. It has a number on them. Is it, yeah, the, yeah, and you'll see at the bottom of the billboard, it'll say blah, 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 Corporation, and they'll have a... a oh, new- that's how you do Because we really feel like having the big one on Sunset and like <laughs> San Vicente or whatever. Do that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's one of the one. best. You yeah, can have. Sure. Usually like big ass TV LA shows. Pod are, September 18th yeah, Exactly. That's Dude. prime billboard real estate. I need to talk to them t- tomorrow. <laughs> I need to drive on my way back. I will actually <laughs> get, get the number. Because <laughs> I know... I, I know Someone you- needs to sponsor me as well. I don't know how expensive that is. Because I know, I know you gotta you you want to leave. Uh, you, you came in a little early, so let's uh, let's get into yeah, some movies. Yeah, I'm, I'm on my way to watch actually. Uh, soccer. The, it's soccer. It's the under twenty one final in the Euro. So <laughs> that incredibly excited. boring That's to you guys. <laughs> but wow. Sweden is actually so caught up in this, and so am mm-hmm. I. And as an expat, you know, we gather sure. the whole group. It uh, just sounds very European to me. Yeah. It, it is really European. I shouldn't probably talk about that because then I'll get all these hate comments. <laughs> we don't fucking care about your soccer. Let's talk about baseball. I don't know anything about it. Um, so we want to talk. Um, what do we want to start with? Who want to start? Let's let's talk about the the. I saw the Nina Simone documentary. Okay. So wow. it's it's called What Happened, Miss Simone, and mm-hmm. Netflix produced it. Um, how many documentaries are Netflix producing right now? It's so funny because I'm one out of ten is good, right? Well, they're they're doing a lot. Well, obviously, what Netflix realized years ago when when these license deals got they lost all this content because you know Sony or whoever said stars stars just mm-hmm. took all their content pulled they're like, it pulled it they're like oh shit so they just said we're going to create as much content mm-hmm. as we can we'll still license. The TV shows and the big movies, but we need to create our own content. So they have best now, thing that ever happened to the, the Netflix. Best, obviously, to documentaries. Well, yeah, to, to everything, to yeah. comedians. I actually have to tell you guys that I have a documentary out in Sweden now that um, we produced and we did the entire documentary with uh, two other people, me and me and Frederick, called called Nice People, and it's a documentary about. Uh, and that's just interesting talking about. Once again, I start talking about myself. That's me. You know, I need that's to, your hobby. Yeah, that's my hobby. So I need to. <laughs> no, but it's it, it's weird how uh, documentaries in general are attracting bigger crowds for real, even at the movies. Well, because I, I think well, too, I think it's a I, cheap it's a cheap way to get content too in a because um, the budget on documentaries a couple hundred grand, maybe five hundred thousand. Well, the thing the too most. is a lot of these documentaries are probably almost done, and they need completion fees. And part of the distribution deals is like we'll pay to finish the movie, the, and then we'll premiere it on. Netflix. Well, the other thing too is before. Like Netflix, the only way to see a documentary is you hoped it came to your little independent art house theater in your town, and then, maybe, and then it was there for yeah. a few days. It was there for a, yeah, five days, and then it split, and then you had to kind of. And probably most people do not live in a city where they even have sure. an art right. house, uh, right. movie theater. So it's really so now you get to do this. So 
this movie and and Netflix because they produce this this uh, this film. Uh, they put it front and center when you log into Netflix. Now that's the thing that they're because they want to obviously make money on their own stuff. Sure, so, and they want they want people that it's just, recommended for you according to your choices and likes. I could, but I watch. A, <laughs> but it's true though. I watch a lot of documentaries, so of course they're gonna. Um, and I've done documentaries on... For you, it makes sense, but it probably shows up for everyone. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> but we, because we made a documentary about a group of Somali uh, refugees in Sweden who forms their own national team in Bandy. And you don't probably not even, you don't even know what Bandy is, but it's like ice hockey, but with a small ball on a field that's as big as a football field. Uh-huh. And it's a sport that's huge in Northern Europe and in Russia. So we traveled with these guys to Siberia for, to compete in the World Cup. They lost all, all their uh, matches by, you know, 20 to, to zero or something like right. that. It sounds like you just that's made what, that entire thing up. Uh, well, <laughs> we didn't. You know, that's, the, that's why we were so attracted to the, to the project in, in, the, in, the, in the beginning. This is and nice now, people. Nice people. And now it's the m- most watched Swedish film at the movie theaters in Sweden this year. So it's we're a small country, but still, it's it, and you produced and directed this, yeah. And well, we're also um, in it. Let's, but it, let's finish with what I'm going to. Well, let's not talk more about that movie. I just wanted to. Well, then we'll get into. Um, well, let's do the Miss Simone uh, and maybe forget about my movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we want to talk about. We'll get into, we'll we just want to do. It doesn't have an international. We just want to do it in order. We'll do it one at a time. I love that you're. Yeah, you should. Very sorry, I won't come here and try to take over your. Your uh, structure of the show. It'd be better if you so were... So, Miss Simone, was that a good movie? Yeah. <laughs> yes, It'd be yeah. better if you were high. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe um, I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just took snuff, which is so great. Um, so, it was directed by Liz Garbus, who has done... I mean, she... Uh, did uh, the Bobby Fischer documentary? Liz Garbus. I is, love that documentary. Should we talk about the Bobby Fischer documentary? Or we can or, talk a but, little bit about that. But it's, that was such a great documentary, and uh, just finding these. Uh, He's, he was the perfect person for a documentary. Because he disappeared. I mean, I, I just knew fragments of his life. Mm-hmm. And then when you get the... That's what great documentaries are, can do. You know, they kind of put together the, a, a, a much uh, fuller picture well, of the person. And that's what this did. Well, now, with uh, what happened, Miss Simone, what did it focus on specifically? <laughs> you constantly want to come back every I know, time. I'm trying, I'm, to keep, I'm trying to keep it on track. I'm trying to keep it on track. <laughs> okay. Um, well, because the, here, it's, it's, it's interesting you make the, the Bobby Fischer comparison because he sort of disappeared. Nina Simone did that. She stopped performing for about eight years. And well, when was this? this? This was, she, starting about 63, 64, became huge. And from 63. Where's she from? Originally? She's from the South. She's from North Carolina. So, and she started, and of course her, her original name was like Eunice Wayman something. or something like that. And then she was performing in Atlantic City, didn't want her mom to know about it. So she came up with the name Nina Simone. So it's cool stuff like that. I only knew her from soundtracks in the 90s. She was on a lot of soundtracks in the 90s and I bought this album, The Essential Nina Simone, and I thought she had this amazing voice. She did a, a, a cover of Here Comes the Sun, the Beatles song that is just like haunting and beautiful and is amazing. I was like, wow, she's awesome. So I never, and then she, I didn't know much about her. This goes into so much. She was heavy into the civil rights movement. In the Wasn't she heavy into drugs as well for a while? She got into that. Well, what happened was- Heroin and stuff, right? I don't know that it was, they didn't go into the heroin. I, I, if she did- I might make, be wrong here. I don't, just, I don't think that she did. I know that she she might have. I mean, everyone was a little bit back then doing that kind of stuff. But one of the things they didn't realize was that she was like manic depressive bipolar. They didn't even know what that was until much later in her life. She stopped performing. Um, she was, And she was like, wasn't like the 
Dr. King's civil rights. She was the like Stokely Carmichael, like get a gun and fuck this. And so, and you're seeing all this footage. um, She's more militant. Far more militant. And then I think after Dr. King got assassinated, she kind of, and then, you know, it was like whatever that 60, it was like Dr. King, Malcolm X, uh, you know, Bobby Kennedy, like everyone just got gunned down and all of these Langston, everybody was dying. And she was just like, I, and split and didn't perform until like because she was so angry. depressed by everything depressed that angry everything and she had this very volatile marriage the great thing about this documentary her daughter is one of the executive producers so her daughter gave the director access to all of this amazing interviews you've never seen before archival footage archival footage great concert footage like amazing stuff like 16 millimeter concert footage tv show appearances and all of these like recorded radio interviews that they used very wisely, sort of almost like Nina Simone's voiceover to tell the narrative of her life. It was really- When did she come back after those- Yeah, she came back in the 70s and then she was in- Then America was a different place, right? Yeah, yeah. Because when she had her breakthrough, you had the whole racism Mm -hmm. and all that movement. And then in the 70s, it was a different country. It was a totally different country. She lived in, um, she lived in, uh, I think, Liberia. For a, for a long time, and then she lived in Europe, uh, and 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 then you hear a lot of interview stuff with her daughter. Her daughter is talking about she's like both my parents were crazy. They would fight. My mom would stir up the fight. Her dad was violent. She, Nina Simone. Was who violent. was her husband? Uh, he was this guy who was a former cop who then was her manager, and he managed- that's always bad news. Oh, former cops who are managers. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good idea. <laughs> but I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to like spoil. But you like yeah. the movie? I. It's yeah. an absolutely really well. It's a. Because it's not an easy transition to make, though. Cop to manager. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's the, the worst. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, I, I think more... Was Ike Turner also a uh, like, cop turned <laughs> manager? <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely... Yeah, uh, Detective Turner. He had that aura. Yeah. Cop, to, cop yeah. to manager aura. Now, cop to publicist. A little easier. Yeah. But still, it's a bad aura. Yeah. You know it's that it's bad. dangerous. So, Everything cop to is usually yeah. bad. <laughs> just, just go. Cop to yoga instructor, even that is bad. Yeah, you never know. Like, Stretch out, yeah. pussy. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, um, it's never good. But it was. it's an interesting film. It's a really captivating story. Her interview footage is captivating. Um, and, and hearing her daughter. And then, like, her daughter, they played with Malcolm X's kids. You know, and then hearing Malcolm X's kids talk about it, it's fascinating. Um, and then interviews with like some of her band guys that played in her band. It's it's a really it's a well made documentary. Mm-hmm. She has a completely interesting life. When did she die? She died in two thousand and three. Um, and she performed until the end. Or? Yeah, she did. She was performing. She had this renaissance in the late seventies through the eighties, and she sort of built her career back up and. Um, and oh, the other thing they do, they got a hold of, and this is only through her daughter, I would imagine, journals. Oh, wow. And they're showing like stuff she was writing. I hate being on the road and uh, my husband. Just like, wow. Well, she really, that, seems that like she been, really uh, dis- That could have been any performer's journal. Right. <laughs> wow. Like one of her, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, but she really des- it seems like she really deserves the food's this documentary terrible. though <laughs> because she for a while I think for a while to me she has become a, just a soundtrack at at, at uh, hipster coffee places in New York and you don't know that much about or hipster coffee places in general all over all over the world and people they're probably not familiar with her story. Really. That's a great point. Uh, and I think that's why this is an important documentary because I was one of those people just like, Oh yeah, I heard her music. This is cool. She was, mm-hmm. she was a, the, the high priestess of soul. I didn't. And knowing all this is like, 
It's what guys turn, you know, when they come home and they they, they want to get laid, they put on some Nina Simone. That's what <laughs> she's been reduced to. You know, it's so depressing. You know, hey, I'm a smart. I've, I've got some depth to my personality. Yeah. I love Nina Simone. Uh, what kind of so panties is, do you have? Not, I'm, I'm really, I'm going to go home and watch this movie probably tonight. Uh, I'm excited about that. So another documentary that you said you watched, though, was uh, Red Army. Exactly. I think, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I watched Red well, did Army. You, did you want to talk about a little bit yeah, more no, about so, Nice no, People so, first? Well, my, my documentary, it will probably have an international release later on this this fall but it's interesting because it's a movie about integration really it's a mm-hmm. we call it a, a an integration comedy and there hasn't been that many integration comedies uh, uh, throughout the years and you but, directed it right well yeah well it was actually directed by two of my friends karen and Anders, and then but it was made the f- the four of us kind of made it i'm Group in effort. it with yeah and i'm in it with frederick so but it's mm-hmm. more What's interesting is what's going on in Sweden. You, I, I won't uh, maybe dwell on this too long because I think people will be bored by by talking about Europe. But uh, we have uh, some uh, European listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, but it's there's you know there's a right wing movement in in Europe now, and it's in, you know it's bad times in a sense where I would say integration is one of the biggest problems in Europe and and elsewhere in the world maybe. But. Uh, um, Immigrants coming, you know, and and in Sweden, we we, we in, in our history is that we've been very very open to accepting a lot of uh, immigrants, but suddenly we have a, a, a Swedish Democrats, a party, a right wing party that that want to stop immigration basically, and um, and and that's that has changed, and they got like fourteen percent in the last election, and that's uh, you know that's a real change. We wanted to make this movie. Uh, to maybe create something great out of it uh, by by you know showing it's not it's not a political movie whatsoever but the problem with uh, with with the immigrants and uh, and whatever you call them the the original Swedes is people rarely meet you know and that, right. so instead you get scared and people start you know bad mouthing each other so this movie was about an integration project where Swedes and Somalis met. And it's just it was just an endearing uh, experience to be part. And what was of this. the name of the sport? Uh, it's called bandy. Which bandy. Is, it, it's a small sport, but it's big in in this corner of the world. And I mean, Russia is not a corner; it's like fifty percent of the world. Yeah. Really. <laughs> but it, but it's, so that's where uh, it took place in Siberia. And it was just interesting because you hear a lot about Russians not being welcoming to foreigners and especially people from Africa and stuff. But it was just the warmest experience I've ever been through. And you traveled with this whole. And we traveled with them wow. to both to Africa and to uh, to Russia. So it's and it's uh, so it's, it was a um, I mean it's a fe- complete feel good movie uh, about um, it, it has those like cool runnings uh, elements to it obviously but it really happened with this 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 national team and now it's going to be sh- we've already shown it uh, we showed it for the prime minister in the government uh, really and now we're hopefully traveling to New York to show it in the UN so it's uh, it's a movie that has made some marks i think because it's it, it's it's a different approach to the big questions of our time like immigrants and and integration and having people and and i think to me as a as a i don't know if i could call myself a comedian but maybe and and comedic comedian slash journalist slash something i don't know but it's it's i've realized how powerful it is to to use comedy and to use mm-hmm. just the entertainment to have to get people's attention and that's what this movie did you know we're not really talking about politics in it but it's just a way of showing that hey i think we could get along pretty well in this country I with think, all these different people from all over the world, that it's actually just we're benefiting from it. And I think too, like comedy and and like 
healthy athletics, not like crazy win at all costs, but like, you, you know, it, it reminds me of a documentary that, that, um, I've spoken of before, uh, um, uh, the Afghan star, which is the singing, or the singing the, competition, the, the idol, yeah. American uh, mm-hmm. idol, idol in Afghanistan yeah. and how it, it helped unify that country a little bit. And obviously there's right wing that's fighting it yeah. and the Taliban doesn't want women to sing or whatever. Right. But it's, it's, it's also, I remember being, uh, in Iraq when, Oh yeah. You've been there many times. I read about that. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, and I was there when the Iraq soccer team was competing in the Asia cup and they like, advanced a little bit and the whole country now and it stops being about politics right it's well, more you're about not a, you're not a shiite you're not a kurd you're not a sunni you're an iraqi rooting for your team right and that is well south africa did it too with soccer exactly and was rugby that, yeah it was right well you know like uh and it's so sad when you see how it's like france they want the one that damon the, that's the rugby the, film oh the oh, rugby right, film right, right, with morgan okay. morgan freeman of course yeah. as nelson mm-hmm. mandela mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> who else yeah. <laughs> who else could possibly and jamie fox yeah. <laughs> now but it, it's really sports and entertainment could uh, i don't know it might sound shallow but i think it sometimes can unite the world and really make f- people think in in different ways you know and this movie has has did the job and we're incredibly proud of it so uh, i i i I think that's great and uh so when when do you think this might have any sort of wide release well uh this fall hopefully so maybe at the pod fest we'll be able to say hey down yeah we we're actually working on an international version just replacing some of the the swedish songs with some coldplay songs instead and adding, make it broader and adding, maybe throwing in morgan freeman as a voiceover <laughs> you know just just broaden it up adding no, some subtitles exactly <laughs> that, that's a good idea no but i was i was talking about uh i also watched a, a documentary uh, maybe this is the documentary episode of your sure. podcast but i was watching this documentary called red army and it's about the the, the soviet union hockey team in the uh, in the 80s basically uh the team that lost to the U.S. and we all know that there was a, a documentary about that as well. That was great. What was it a Miracle on Ice or what was it called? Well, yeah, the, Miracle. That was the, the Kurt Russ. There's been a- uh, that was Kurt Russ. But then there was a there was a documentary yeah. as well. But so this is really it, it's a movie about the, uh, the 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 Soviet team and it's just so great because it really um, it's also a movie about that era about communism and how communism was how sports was used as propaganda and as something yeah. to, to prove their uh, supremacy in many ways. Like, look, at this works. When we beat the U.S. by 10-0, that also proves that communism is working, which is such a weird fucking way of looking at things, obviously. <laughs> but it was interesting. And, and how, how late those Russian stars, especially in the, the – there was something called the Russian Five, I believe, the Super Five, mm-hmm. which was um, – it was Kazatonov and Fetisov, the defenders, and then it was Makarov, Krutov, and Larionov who were the uh, offensive line. And they – you know, how late they arrived at the NHL and how hard they have to fight – to be able to actually make one dollar from their their oh, yeah. you know their their sport and how Fetisov was you know charged in in Russia and how he uh, or in the Soviet at that point or and he was you know threatened to be thrown in jail or sent to Siberia to just these guys had invested everything they you know they didn't meet anyone they they worked out three hundred fifty five days yep. per year they were locked in like a prison, and they people only saw them once they were competing in the world cup you know uh, mm-hmm. so after they lost in in nineteen eighty there was like a decision on an official level like hey we you know we need to be better than anyone else all the time, otherwise 
it right. looks bad for our country. So the movie is really it's I I'm I'm a fan of of sports documentaries in general. I love those East, uh, the uh, Thirty for Thirty. I've, right. I've I've watched all of those, and and this one is. I mean, this one is a little more ambitious, obviously, because mm-hmm. it's been. I mean, it was released on theaters as well, and I love Thirty for Thirty about this exactly, and I love that one as well because yeah. the perspective they've changed the perspective from the nineteen eighty Olympics that instead of having the U.S. perspective, it's the Russian, the Russian perspective. Yeah, you were talking about, and that. nobody yeah. realized how. I mean, for the even if the the, the the U.S. team would have lost, they wouldn't have been punished. No, but nobody really knew what was at stake for these guys from 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 that part of the world. The mm. interesting thing, and I'm I'm sure they probably touched on it in Red Army, but in the Thirty for Thirty, you're hearing the like family members, like the wife of one of the coaches or whatever, saying, "I was in that arena in Lake Placid, and I thought they were going to kill us." Because these Americans were like, you know, get the puck out of Afghanistan, and everyone was like foaming. At exactly, the all of that happened. That's why it was so powerful that yeah. that win. You know, Jimmy Carter yeah. called them and you know <laughs> and said, "Congratulations, guys." Yeah, and I feel, I honestly feel for. Obviously, communism was a shitty, shitty era in 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 history, but. Thank Those, God we don't have any of that now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are no solved. bad things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad is going on. No, but you feel, I mean, those guys were really victims and you really feel for them. There's one passage in the movie where one of the guys said, like, if I ever, the, the, the new coach, there was first there was this coach called Tarasov, mm-hmm. who I want to read so much more about. Oh, he was, he was this, like, the grandfather of, of hockey, of right? Russian hockey. hockey. Yeah. And he's, he's like, w- we're going to play different than the Canadians. Exactly. And he was inspired by the, the Bolshai Belay. Yeah. And, yeah. and he was inspired by chess. He played chess mm-hmm. with the Karpov, one of the best chess players. He was like a creative genius in any. But then the KGB realized that no, we can't have him. He's too, you know, too right. open and too, you know, too too much of a, a, we need a, a great, soldier. And we need too a much soldier. of a great guy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we need a soldier. So they picked this new guy called Tishonov who who stepped in. And he created like a, it was torture, you know. And they, they didn't created, like him. They hated him, but they didn't dare to say anything because then they would probably get killed or something. He was the guy that pulled the goalie in the 80 world, in the gold medal game. The best goalie in the world wasn't playing well and he pulled Exactly, uh, exactly. Oh, in the 80, was he the coach in the 80? Yeah, he was. That's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. And there's that great line in the, in the Kurt Tretiak, Russell movie. Tretiak. Yeah. He pulled Tretiak. It which Tretiak is where, where, where Kurt Russell goes, hey guys, the best goalie in the world is on the bench. <laughs> and they just go and then they light up the third period or whatever. And he, they said there's a passage in the movie where a guy says, uh, if I ever need a heart surgery and I need a new heart, I'd love to have a Tishonov's heart because he's never used it. And it's such a great line. And you really completely kind of uh, captures who he was. And, and it's, it's, you know, I cried watching this movie and you realize it's, 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 a, it's a great, great, it's so much more than hockey. It's about how widens your perspective on Especially sports, when he—I mean, I, I remember when I saw the the North Korean team in in the, was it the Olympics, soccer Olympics, and they lost and they cried and rumors. I don't know if it's true, yeah. you know, that they were sent to you know confrontation camps or whatever when they got back home. So it's it's really because for closed dictatorships and stuff like that, it's great to have good sports. It's a way of bragging, you know, saying right. it's good. Well, it's it's what we're talking about. Like nice. This is the opposite. Like we're just talking about nice people. How sports. Can you unite? Yeah, unify, unify it. But when used and really, it, and really, it's more than just about the sport, right? Yeah. It's about unifying mm-hmm. people, but and right. then, but you, when you can use it for the wrong reasons, like we're going to use this to control people and to to jam our ideology down. 
right. people's throats and stuff like I that. As a propaganda is, machine. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I don't know if it, uh, this about this show is about also plugging movies, right? The movies, you, and I really think people should watch this movie because it's really the one Red of the Army, one. Yeah, yeah. Red Army. okay. Uh, and and you know, it's uh, yeah, people should well, watch it. What, one of the things I also wanted to talk about too, while we're while we're talking about Swedish movies, yeah. is I'm a huge like. Igmar Bergman fan. And are you really? I am. I but what does God. that mean? Because a lot of people, they love to say that they're Igmar Bergman fans, <laughs> and then you start asking them about movies. And, uh, which is your favorite movie? Um, Seventh Seal. Okay, well, that's that's the, the that's the blockbuster from yeah. his uh, from, from his catalog. Uh, but yeah, but I mean, to me, I haven't been watching that much Bergman, but he's one of those well, also filmmakers that he's. There are some. They made some. I think there will be soon be like a real. Huge Bergman documentary. There I, are several already. I really, I really think like when you look at his movie, even, movies even through like um, like Winter Light and through a gra- through a glass darkly, where it's all about philosophy and how you're losing one, me here. One, I'm not. I haven't watched that many, <laughs> so that's the problem. One, one of the you know one of the characters thinks God is a giant spider out to get her. Like these weird crazy which, which things. He was, yeah. I mean, he was really that. I have to say that how impressive how he really was. Early in so many ways, and how he pushed yes. the envelope. And you envelope. see, you see his influence on later Swedish films. Like if you look at his movies, and then you look at everything from Let the Right One In and Girl, even Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. You see the bleakness and the philosophy of like a lot of his movies in these later movies, and it's always connected to the weather. And yeah, it's always like you see like a bleak. Like Winterlight is a great example of where it's such a slow dark um depressing movie but it's all framed around like it's a winter in like a small town i think people and, sure, and, and, it's I, all, and you always have those shots of like a landscape but you see it in let the right one in. you see it in girl with the dragon you see these but right one in is such, it's a that's a good movie girl with the dragon tattoo is a bad movie yeah but, okay. but, but it's so <laughs> why do you not like those because we were talking about this because I, right. I actually is well, we can all we can all agree that let the right one in is a it's a it's a masterpiece. I, I truly think it's a masterpiece, and, and it's it, a great it, movie. And yeah. the look of the movie and yes. uh, and all of that. Well, it takes and, that, and with this guy, the the, the that, cinematographer. Yes, uh, yeah. Hoyte van Hoyte, I believe. It takes is. that Bergman bleakness. And then, but it elevates it. I think it's it, a new. It's it brings new, it into a different genre. That's exactly. what's so fascinating. It and Thomas that, Alfredson, who directed it afterwards, he did this movie, um, the, the the John Le Carre movie. What was it called now? Oh fuck! Um, do we need to check that up, yeah. or we can edit it out? <laughs> uh, uh, which one? The uh, uh, Tinker, Tinker Taylor. Tinker so, Taylor, and he sort of brought that that feel mm-hmm. into that movie, but it still felt incredibly British in a sense. But I, I think I find it very interesting what you're saying because, as a Swede, I hardly reflect on the Swedish look of a movie sure. because I was brought up right. looking at movies that looked like this, even yeah. though even our even our kids shows on television mm-hmm. looked like that. They were also bleak. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, everything has been bleak. And it's part of us being, you know, growing up in a country, especially for me growing up in the eighties, we're still having that constant threat from the Soviet Union in a way Sweden was also a very um, it was completely run by the government it was a truly a democracy in every sense but it it was only, an easy metaphor but to we make. only had two networks uh, two TV right. channels until the uh, early 90s you know we only yeah. had two so everything was well, winter and nuclear winter were very a very easy metaphor to make exactly <laughs> so so I think that's philosophy. still that's why I'm not 
probably I'm I'm not so fond of it really. Uh, I, I loved when there was some sun coming into Swedish <laughs> <Right>? movies <laughs> eventually down the line, and. Uh, I've, so when, when never, they go back and try to benefit from our from the nuclear, uh, to be clear, uh, I've never seen sun in a Swedish film. No, but that's true. I, 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 I just said that, and I'm thinking like, which Swedish movie has sun in it? I don't know. Maybe the, it doesn't exist. Uh, Maybe you need to make that movie. Yeah, exactly. My well, it was quite some sun in in, 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 in uh, nice people. Actually. You didn't yeah, do yeah but you were in Siberia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's why I'm drawn to those places. I cannot. Yeah. You that's, should, you should do a scripted movie called Sunshine in Sweden yeah. and talk all about this. But it's weird because I'm actually, I'm making my first uh, movie now uh, that's not a documentary, uh, a real movie. So me and Frederick are directing a movie, our own, actually, a novel we wrote. And it takes place in my hometown. Uh, and it's going to be, there's going to be no sun. I realize that now. It's all, I realize now. It's all, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's a, it takes place in the 80s during this era. Do you need me to be the, like the one suntanned California? Exactly. <laughs> because it's really, it takes place in my hometown, which was uh, once uh, on television, on Swedish national television. It was, uh, um, it was chosen as being the most boring place in Sweden. And it deals about that. So it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's probably true, but it's also, uh, uh, as I wanted to point out, it's fascinating because when I read into, uh, reviews of Swedish movies, in U.S. press, they love to bring that up, you know, the whole idea of, of how bleak it is, how dark it is, where, you know, as something great, and they all give it to Bergman, which might be true, you know, but, some, mm-hmm. but there's also different levels of it. You know, some people are masters at it, at, 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 at doing that. Bergman obviously was, but some movies are just shitty and they try, they can get away by not having any sun in the movie. And especially like with a girl with a dragon tattoo, I didn't really, I couldn't really get why they were referring to Bergman when I, when I, um, they, they're always referring to Bergman when they review books as well, yeah, yeah. because there's this <laughs> crime wonder, crime novel wonder going on in Sweden. Now we've got the Steve mm-hmm. Larsson books, obviously. Or in the Nordic countries in now, general. Now, did you read the books? Did you read? The oh yeah, and I loved those books I, because I they were page agree. turners. Like I got to n- agree, nothing I've ever and experienced. I, I really enjoyed the books. I didn't love these movies, and I didn't necessarily love the uh, um, the American ones. I thought they were okay. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't but it was not me, but... Fincher class. I was disappointed with no. David Fincher just mm-hmm. doing something. But, but what was interesting too is if you've read the books, you realize book two and book three is like one story. Like how can you even make you know separate movies? And now they're making a new book with a different author which is weird you really know? so the uh, fourth he passed book, away he passed away at the age yeah. of 40 or something right. you know this guy was a very prominent sweden in terms of fighting uh, neo-nazism and, and stuff like that and you know he had a, a, a magazine called expo and they were only dealing with the the dark, fo- in the, uh, the dark the forces novels. in our society come you know talking about nazism and just right. in general well uh, he, he, so that's what he did and then in his spare time he wrote these books <laughs> So he never slept. That's the rumor, at least. And then one day when he was climbing up the stairs to his he office, just he just collapsed and died. And then wow. he, yeah, I think he had mentioned to someone before, like, I have three books and they will be a success. He knew that. It's so. Uh, and if you read the books, too, they're not just like novels thrown together. No there way. are these amazingly, the books um, are... <laughs> uh, like, nuanced and also just this entire world that he creates. I mean, there's storylines and characters that will it's never like be in the movie. It's movie as, a, as well, you know? It's so weird. It's, it's, it has... not, it's, it's one of those books where it is one of the more engrossing set of books I've ever read in terms of I could not... You, you know, like, when you're binge-watching a cool show on Netflix, 
mm-hmm. and you're like, I can't wait to get home to right. watch a couple more episodes. Right. I was like that with this book. Exactly. I so was I. have to get back into that world. I need to go right. to the restrooms again. Yeah, yeah. Just continue. <laughs> like, no, I remember like, could I drive there? No, I'm going to take the bus because yeah. I knew I'd have a 40 minute bus ride. So you could get a couple could, more chapters. Oh, in. man. Yeah. And I, I loved that about the books. And I, for some reason, they really didn't manage to capture it in the movies. Sometimes, I guess, the books are just too good, you know, to... Right. to well, and and too, my expectations were, especially when the Fincher movies came out. Especially like, when, they're so, gonna be- when they're so nuanced like that. I mean, those books... And one thing that's fascinating, too, about... I mean, you could even you could make the comparison with um, with those books and Bergman. I can kind of see why people make some of these comparisons now, is because of the rich characters. Um, you have these nuanced characters that appear one way; their eyes say something different than what they're actually saying, and you actually have a fully fleshed out person. And that those books were full of that. Like every single character that came into and that also book, a female hero, which is right. which was. Part of the success, I thought that was great. How this Lisbeth Salander, uh, right. this goth girl, mm. smart goth girl, how she—I mean, he somewhere said—I don't know if that's true—that he based this character on Pippi Longstocking, which is a famous Swedish really? oh, that'd children's be hilarious. book. And she, yeah, but she was also a, uh, a you know a, a, a female hero in a sense, and. He, all Swedish kids grew up with Pippi Longstocking, mm-hmm. with a female hero, you know. So it's it's and it's so Pippi it's, Longstocking. It, to me, it's kind of logical that she he looked. See, at that her. would be a pitch in Hollywood. Imagine Pippi Longstocking, but as a hacker. But that's true. <laughs> that's how he. I think that's how he described it. Or <laughs> Pippi Longstocking as a grown up. That's mm-hmm. why. Let me ask you this: How were how were the girl with the dragon dragon tattoo movies? Um, first the Swedish ones and then the Fincher ones. How were they? I mean. How were they overall received in Sweden? I think they were okay received, but there was this movement with this these books. They kind of shook the entire country in a sense. The books, you know, everyone, everyone, everyone was reading them. You right. know, everyone. And then it was like Harry Potter. It was. Where and then read. there was and, yeah. and there was this mystery about this guy as well. He wasn't around when the books were released. And there was you know, like and, a, and a fight for the rights a little bit. Well, between the brothers who suddenly the, the richest farmers in the world, they say now they two guys. I think he has. I'm not sure, but he has a couple of brothers, I believe, up in northern part of Sweden. And they, I guess, they hardly knew that he was writing the books. And then he dies, and they say, "Well, it's all up to you guys. You own these rights." And at the same time, he had a, a girlfriend that he had been living with for ages, I guess. So that created some kind of fight between his former or his his uh, girlfriend and the family for and ownership that, of the rights. I don't know. If it's, or, yeah. I, I don't know because, but I know that now those brothers have, have uh, donated a lot of money to his foundation with the the, the magazine he had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how what happened, but it was all. I mean, everything in Sweden was about these books. So when the movies came, I think expectations were so high that it was impossible to please people. Uh, right. In a sense, you know, it's that's on a on a on a level where you know as a small country like Sweden with 9 million inhabitants i mean it's fewer than in LA and they weren't the easiest books to adapt if you read those books you're like how am no, i going to there's a lot of things there's going a lot on. of things, a lot of characters that you know it's slower paced and like i said the second and third books are like one story like you know you, and the, the way you the third you're book is a little heavier i remember because yes. it mostly takes place during a, a trial right mm-hmm. but i i i'm just saying that the books i think were something for Swedes to gather around to be proud of you know something that made an international mark because that's important for us you know for as sure, a small for sure. country you know suddenly these you know 
we consume so much stuff from the U.S. from from right. elsewhere in the world. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we actually have something Export. that's you know, exporting that, wow, everyone is getting this. Well, you're gonna have nice people soon. Too. Well, yeah, it's not gonna be <laughs> that successful, yeah. but it's uh, <laughs> but it's it's really. I mean, I so and that's the. But since then, I mean, a lot of people have sold so many Swedish. Authors have sold their rights now to to Hollywood. Uh, I'm sure. In crime. There was this series called Buckstrom that was out this year. I think it was canceled. Um, that was based on Swedish crime novels. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you got the Norwegian guy, Joe Nespa, who's huge as well. Obviously, we're not the same countries, but it's the same corner of the world. And, 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 and I mean, it's Sweden has become well, uh, the, the place for crime novels, well, really. I, I want to talk, too, just real brief, briefly, because I was able to see this um, recently again, is Igmar Bergman's um, Scenes from a Marriage. Yeah, it's such a beautiful... It's uh, unbelievable. It's so good. If you ever want, like, an anti-Hollywood look at how characters uh, are created and nuanced characters, check this out. Now... The interesting thing is it's a miniseries in Sweden. That's originally how it was shot. It's all, it's, actually, I can recommend people. It's all on YouTube for free. You can just go on YouTube and you find scenes from Mary. It's like five hours long. Yeah. If I, if you should like binge watch episodes. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you really should. You really and should. then you're so depressed afterwards. <laughs> That's the thing. It's very You want to divorce. Afterwards, it's like, like you walk home and you divorce. I, I watch like one. Yeah, I watch like the first three and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but When do you find time? You, you're, a, you're a dad, right? Yeah. I, so when do you binge watch it at night? Late at night. That's or dangerous. You or know, so depressed yeah yeah <laughs> or kids are in school like i go to movies at that's like, better when there's uh, some sun you need yeah, some yeah, yeah. sun <laughs> like it's like my uh 10 11 a.m on don't friday watch when, during the winter yeah yeah don't definitely well, let's not. have a party let's watch yes. scenes from a marriage yes, it's, <laughs> yeah and then we'll finish it with winter light about <laughs> nuclear annihilation in the winter um so what i found fascinating about it is that how great it was directed how great um the characters were nuanced about you know, and basically, Acting it's, it's is literally, so brilliant. It's, it's literally so brilliant. It's two people talking yeah. most of the time. So Lee Ullmann and, and and Erlan Josephson. Yeah. Yeah. Those were his 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 actors. His really, go to. Uh, his go to people. Yeah. And, and I'm watching this, and I know there's like a, uh, I think there's like a two hour movie version that yeah, was released here. I think so. But yeah. I would recommend see the actual the way it was meant to be seen. See but it's it it's the, really it's interesting that you bring this up because uh, as I mentioned before, since I've been talking a lot about myself in this podcast, yes. Uh, <laughs> I also As a do. Hobby. I also do exactly, and my job because yeah. I also do. I do TV shows in Sweden, and last year I filmed um, uh, a, a TV show. Uh, it's our original idea, but it's kind of. I wouldn't. We're inspired by scenes of a marriage. We probably didn't achieve. You know, we we pro- probably didn't reach that level. But anyways, we call it. We call the show. Should we call it quits? And it's basically me and Frederick, who are two comedians. Instead of bringing in like Doctor Phil or Doctor right. whatever they call Luke, or there are so many mm-hmm. doctors. And it's just us two comedians spending a week with a couple who's about to break up, and uh, it's an incredibly. It was a primetime show in Sweden, but it's like it's fairly dark, and we usually do way sunnier stuff. Mm-hmm. It has been the, the expression of this podcast, but <laughs> it was so. And now we're we're trying to sell this format in the U.S. And when I have meetings with people, they said, "Well, we should probably, you know, we should we have to change it a little bit and turn it into some. It can't be this depressing, you know. We need to <laughs> throw in some new elements of, of sorts, and it needs to end on a positive note." And I'm like saying, "No, no, let's try this once and for all. Shouldn't one American network just try to show something that is real? Because all reality television for for yeah. years now is just bullshit." As oh you said, "Oh my God, he knows the secret." Uh, so, but you want exactly the big secret. 
But still, people, well, some people don't, I think. You know, that's the problem. Or people just don't want to be uh, exposed to, right. to, to the truth. But I still think that would work. And it's so, because we really let, in this series, it's the same thing as you said. It's basically two people just talking, and then me and Frederick, my co-host, just really subtly try to walk in and maybe, you know, do you think maybe... Now, you do, you, do you guys um, help try to break them up or keep them together? <laughs> well, both. Yeah. Both, I guess. But but we didn't come... We didn't give any advice. It was more mm-hmm. like we met this couple where he played, uh, played video games uh, all day long. He was unemployed. So he just played video games from morning till night instead of helping out with the kids and stuff. And we said, maybe it's a good idea if you just get rid of those video games. Uh, so, so, so we, we actually forced him to throw it, throw it in the river where he lived. But, but that's usually we didn't came, come with any, with any advice because it's so hard, but it's just, it was just a show about, you know, that I think appealed to people because they could relate, you know, and it's so rare that you actually just let it be like it is. And, and right. that's why I love scenes from a marriage that it's, it's, and that's our show was real, but this feels real, even it though it's fiction. Right. And, uh, and uh, I mean, if you're into that kind of stuff, I think people should really watch it because it's, and it's incredibly, I think it's part of the Swedish heritage as well, or the Swedish entertainment heritage right dark and bleak <laughs> and depressing and and well nuanced with yeah, characters but that's, and probably <laughs> yeah. that's the thing you know that it's yep. well nuanced but it's it's mm-hmm. a great it's 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 legendary yes. you get a lot of you get a lot of uh, nuance when there's no sun <laughs> probably <Yes>. you do <laughs> the sun shines away the nuance yeah. <laughs> man it's warm in that's here why, yeah yeah, yeah or is it just me no, no it's the not the valley's you. hot we can't turn the air conditioner on during the show because the valley is way hotter yeah, than, than Sweden than well and then yeah. Hollywood right <laughs> as well oh, yeah. yeah or yeah. the world yeah it's pretty hot that's here that's why I live at the beach but we're almost done we're almost, yeah. <laughs> we're almost done we'll get you out of here <laughs> oh well no worries I'm just I'm thinking I might need to you gotta get some air conditioning and you got the exactly I'm not pleased with this you'll feel better have you seen my once I show up at the pod fest you know well uh, uh, air conditioned um, so let's talk about uh, DVDs and Blu-rays coming out um, Get Hard so you're also this formal I love this that you're actually talking oh yeah yeah, yeah. We, have, we have an actual so Get format. Hard is coming out what is that that is the um, doesn't matter the um, it's a comedy get, it's the it's Will Ferrell the Will Ferrell and uh, oh uh, Kevin Hart and Kevin Hart yeah yeah and I honestly right. it had to have been There's well let me no put way. it this way I didn't see it I don't know anyone who's seen it married to Swede Oh yeah, mm-hmm. maybe we should. That's not so interesting. But he spends all his summers <laughs> in Sweden, so oh, I, I occasionally see him at my local cafe. Oh nice, oh. Yeah, that mm-hmm. makes me proud. Will as well. I ask him why he keeps making the same movies? Uh, I will. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's sad, right? He's he and should then report he back. should make something depressing. He should do something yeah. depressing. Yes, go to Sweden. Make a scenes from a marriage with Will Ferrell would be great. You know what? I would actually watch that. Of I think it would be really this good. This is a good. We just yeah. actually that's mm-hmm. a new idea. We should all do it together. I'm in. The Gunman. What's this movie? This is the this is the um, Sean Penn movie where he's trying to be Liam Neeson. Oh God! Um, and like- while we're young, this is uh, this one. I I've heard mixed things about. This is the. Um, is it Ben Stiller movie? The Ben Stiller movie, But that movie is yeah. supposed to be good, right? I haven't heard mixed. Okay. I've heard some people have liked it. Some people. But this haven't. this guy Noah Baum, the the director is the guy who also made. Um, he's made a lot of movies that are great, by the way. Is this Lie Down with Dogs? Let's no, this new. is Noah Baumbach. No, no, Baumbach. Uh, yeah, okay, what did he do? Right. One of his movies is really a masterpiece. He did. With uh, the one with Jeff Daniels. 
Yeah, he did Francis Ha. He did uh, the Squid and the Whale. Squid and the Whale. Yeah, Squid oh, and the Whale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great movie. Well nuanced. Oh, Kicking and Screaming. That's yeah. that's the one I was thinking. Yeah. Okay. Then we got Danny Collins. What's that? Danny Collins is the uh, the Al Pacino movie that uh, Kevin <sighs> Pollock hated. Oh, this that is... was <laughs> also looked bad. Right? Why is he? Why is he also make? I don't know. Why making is... shitty movies? Like, couldn't someone just give Will Ferrell or Al Pacino a great script? Here's the thing I don't understand. You're Will Ferrell. You've got millions of dollars. You can't go find some young writer or old writer or just a good writer of any age, of any ethnicity, of any background and say, you know what? I'm going to give you a hundred, two hundred grand. Write me a fucking script about this, whatever. Some gritty, what? just what? Or, That's all I would do. But they have bad open advisors. An, open an so they commit to too many things too yeah. early and then yeah. there's- but They get agented too. They age like, oh, you got to do this and they don't read They should just whatever. say, like, he should say for two years now, I'm only reading scripts and I'm finding something I like. I can do it. I'm not committing It's doable. To- Matthew McConaughey did it. Well, what a lot of Do you think he has do- enough money, Will Ferrell, or does he have an expensive sure. lifestyle? No, no, Will Ferrell, he can do whatever he well, wants. Well, some of them though, that's what happens. They get this- they got the $20 million mansion. Their overhead is so, so... Yeah, so they got... It's like yeah. Mike Tyson. You get white tigers and stuff. Ferrell. That it's yeah. over. You know, it's, that's you the know, problem. He's, he's an owner in Funny or Die. He's, he's doing okay. He's but doing what, okay. What, what I think happens is... The, 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 the smarter, <laughs> you know, that's a problem. Once, yeah. it's once, like once you're buying the white tigers, yeah. manager, yeah. or when you get the warning signs, or when you when you get a white tiger, tiger. Well, you buy a weird animal. The, the way <laughs> if you ever see me with a white tiger, just stop <laughs> you'll know. Me. You'll yeah. know that Philip, uh, you really need it. It's like, and, and if you're in the sun with a white tiger, that's you true. know it's over. It's over. <laughs> Go back to the darkness. Go back to your boring town. <laughs> Maybe blend all of this together yeah. like a comedy yeah. with yeah. Bill Ferrell, and white sunny comedy with white tigers. And Al Pacino in a supporting role. Yeah, he plays the the, the cop turn manager. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're going on tour. Because I think what happens is the smarter um, actors, like you said, they take control of their careers. And all it is is you have an office, you hire an executive that you like, and make them actually read scripts. And then what you become is basically stealth producers. You're the one. You're the one shopping the script that you want to do with right. yourself attached. And that's yeah. a lot of times how you know they actually get to do the projects they want to do. But and don't you think if they went to a place like I don't know Netflix yeah. and said hey I want to do that and Netflix would go done yeah. because what what he's missing Will Ferrell is an Oscar I mean I think he should be right? that's what he should be aiming for you know he's yeah. he has that talent to to win an Oscar and if he I think like so. the, the 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 fox catcher move by Steve oh, Carell yeah, Steve which Carell. was a smart move and that was probably he wasn't paid that much for that he movie. He was probably. so creepy in that movie. Yeah. He was but, great in it. Yeah, great. it's such a great movie and such a great performance. And I'm 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 pretty sure Will Ferrell could do something like that. Yes, as well. I think so. But too. he has to take charge instead of right. just coming on Jimmy Fallon and do impersonations and stuff. It's so boring now. with a yeah. white tiger. That's his white tiger. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon, if you're doing Jimmy Fallon, then you're doing it. That's you got to get that white tiger off your comedy You got to stop <laughs> writing that white tiger down. He doesn't seem to be that white tiger compatible, though, Will Ferrell. I, I mean, I, I would be very surprised if I came to his house and there was a white tiger. So I guess we have our hashtag for this week. Hashtag white tiger. Hashtag white tiger. <laughs> He's got to have a version of his white tiger, though, whatever that is. All right. So what we're saying, guys, uh, don't get any of these DVDs. Just go back to Netflix and watch Red Army and What Happened, Nina Simone. Yeah, exactly. that's I, think, true. I think you'll be do, you'll that. be do that. You'll be in good shape. Um, also, uh, for the site spotlight, the Amazon link is now working. You guys have been saying that like your ad blocker has been blocking. You haven't been able to buy any uh, Amazon stuff through our affiliate. You should be able to now. And in the message boards, there is one of our fans, Scrugulous, has been putting up some great links to some 
uh, articles about like sound design and some really cool stuff. If you want to just learn more about the tech side of the business, mm-hmm. uh, there's some cool links to articles that thank you, Scrugulous, in, mes- in the message boards. Let's just that's your crazy <laughs> fans. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. Scrugulous <laughs> won't like my performance. He's yeah. the guy like, get that sweet off the show now. <laughs> well, I think Scr- I'm just worried that Scrugulous is going to buy a white tiger. Then the message boards are just going to go nuts. They're going to go to shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just gonna- <laughs> I think you can get white tigers in in Ohio and stuff. That's where you get. It'll just or be yeah. pictures of white. Sure. There is a great documentary by the way about exotic animals in the u.s called elephant in the living room it was released a couple of years ago it's such an amazing documentary i love it it's about it's i'm actually it, gonna write that loose, down that does sound fun it's loosely uh, it loosely re, it sort of revolves around this cop in ohio who travels to people who owns lions and stuff and like older guys and becomes a manager no well the opposite actually he tells them like you cannot have this lion because it's really terrible how they treat their lions right they get them as cubs and then they grow big and then suddenly right. they don't dare to do anything with them. They just throw in some chickens or whatever they eat. And <laughs> well, so they keep them like in a backyard that they never go into or something. Yeah. yeah. So and then never, you hear about it's them. It's so sad. It's such oh a sad God. movie, yeah. but it's, it's a, it's, I think it's an, almost an Oscar worthy documentary, Elephant in the Living Room. There's another tip from me that nice. people should. Great. Scrudulous. Oh, what was his name? Yeah, that's it. He should watch it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and premiering this week, um, two very different films, Terminator Genesis. I can't decide. I'm on, here's what I think. When I, see, when I look at Terminator Genesis, part of me goes, this is going to be dumb. Mm-hmm. And then it, I go, it's going to be dumb. It's going to be dumb. And then I think, but I don't know. I said that about Mad Max, and I really loved it. There's but- another guy who should, but he has been doing, he has just filmed another movie, right? Schwarzenegger. He should do something touching. He instead. did, actually. And he, he did, right? Yeah, he did this, this, this movie about his daughter. We talked about it, that, that, that indie oh, film. Hollywood, oh, would love, yeah. Hollywood would love to nominate him for an Oscar. And uh, uh, Yeah, right. it's a low-budget, uh, basically a zombie movie he yeah. did with. Uh, well, uh, now I'm disappointed. <laughs> Well, here's the scenes th- from a marriage with Arnold Schwarzenegger wouldn't be bad either. Oh, that'd be awesome. So here's why I'm worried. I'm You're, feeling unfulfilled. Yeah. <laughs> That's You're, all you need. Yeah. Absolutely should be concerned. This director, now this, the, the director of this new, um, Alan Taylor's directing the new Terminator movie. Uh, he did Thor The Dark World. Okay. <sighs> you know. And then he did Game of Thrones and he's done a lot of TV, which can be good or bad. I, yeah. I don't. All we know is that he's going to do really well at the box office. It's going to, yeah. I, I think it's, you know, you've. I'm got, not excited to see it. I just, I just, I just, I just can't. There's so much weird. And they the, haven't next really week premiering his little Magic Mike. Honestly, uh, after Terminator Two, there haven't hasn't been like God. an amazing Terminator no. movie. Like Terminator Two was. Great. How many has there been since I Terminator Two? There's uh, there's been at least that. one or two. More. I stopped watching by Terminator Two. Yeah, um, and, and then because every time they just kind of redo like they try to throw some new element into it It just never kind of works like you know you're not you're not gonna have that mad max like magic that happened with this last movie with the mad max movie but that's like that's it's it's, it's really (laughs) unusual it's it's very unusual to actually have and the other thing too is my friends in sweden are binge watching it at the movie theater they just watched you know three three Wow, showing really? in a row in a row it's amazing wow because you also have the original guy who yeah. did this yeah this, this remi- australian this guy yeah, George Miller, yeah he's super old right yeah, yeah he's, he's 70. in the 70s yeah, yeah. like we were talking about before what 70 year old has those images in his head you know <laughs> that make that movie this and guy. 
And you, what it, what it was cool he's the was one like, guy that could have a white yeah, tiger. Yeah, it really, and, and we would all accept. And, that. And yeah, like, you know, like, fair you know enough. <laughs> For him, it makes sense. You know, yeah. have him. It's, have a, him it's a white almost tiger. like, yeah. where is it? Why, why yeah. doesn't he have a white tiger? And he would have it on set, and, and no one would think that would be <laughs> no, weird. No, yeah. just logical. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just where's George's white yeah. tiger? Can we? So, and it was like so. It was like a weird mix of like, was it a sequel? Was it a reboot? Was it like, well, you know, there was like and these. This looks like more that nonsense. And but but here's but he made it work. It was like you didn't care was it, it did it oh, exactly follow it did it yeah. exactly follow the timeline was it a reboot and it was like it was like a mix of all those things together and that's what made it really and i cool. think though everything you just said what i thought you were talking about was the everything since terminator 2 had all of those questions but they just weren't done right. correctly everything yeah, exactly. since terminator yeah. 2 led up to the new mad max movie. i'm gonna Maybe. make i'm gonna make <laughs> i'm gonna make one suggestion which would make a really cool terminator movie is uh, there was a frank miller comic book series a limited series that came out you shouldn't just years drop ago. this stuff you should just <laughs> try to sell it yourself uh, it was a robocop versus terminator and it was a crossover and it was awesome it of course. was really would, really good would. it was a robocop versus and, and it mixed the two worlds beautifully and uh, how basically murphy had to fight terminators but right. he was also responsible for helping to create them because when he was created it also helped launch all the dark Skynet. no sun so, in so that yeah movie. Like, there was no sun no no, <laughs> no. no sun. and it, but it was a it's a great it was a great and it, like it would make a great movie it would yeah. be like uh it, it's like that uh you know freddie versus jason versus it's probably Ash. gonna be made. <laughs> it's probably gonna be made if it's in development right now, that one I would actually go see. So I, I don't know. I, Terminator Genesis, I'm like you on it, Graham. I'm like, nah, I don't know. I'm skeptical. So uh, Neil already has his midnight tickets, so Great. he'll be going to see it. You'll be getting a review very shortly. Um, Magic Mike um, XXL. This movie, I'll, I'll tell you what. They know exactly what they're yeah, doing. Yeah. They it's got to do very well. They That's all we they, they, There's no artifice to this film. It's like, here's are, what it is. Enjoy it. Like all the women that go to the New Kids on the Block concerts that I was at, yep. like they're mm-hmm. just like, they know. I feel like I'm running out of steam. I can't talk about Magic Mike. It's impossible for me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a movie. I have, I have no comments. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not for us. My my uh, suggestion is go on on YouTube and watch scenes from a marriage instead. That's yeah. that's better invested time. You'll grow as a person. <laughs> There's no way you're growing as a person by watching Magic oh, no, Mike. No, you're just I, stuff in your spank bank. That's I gotta agree. Uh, I gotta agree 100 percent with Philip on this one. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, but if you're gonna go see Magic Mike, enjoy, have fun. I'm sure you will. It's just called. It should just be called Spank Bank the Musical. Yeah. That's all this should be called. <laughs> just call it what it is. It's it's. It's PG-13 porn. Yes. Um, um, all right, that's our episode. That is. Well, thanks a lot for having me. That was great. Hey, thanks. Where can Thank people you. find you on the internet, online, Well, websites? it's on, uh, well, we have a webpage called podff, P-O-D-F-F dot com. That's where, uh, that's our home in a sense. You'll also find our podcast, the Philip and Frederick podcast. Philip is spelled F-I-L-I-P. I think I need to do some international version of my name here. <laughs> or at least the spelling. The Philip and Frederick podcast. You can find it on iTunes and everywhere else. And, and, and I would be happy if people just gave it a... Shot. Start listening. And then you're also on Instagram as your... I am, yeah. And that's a Lars Philippe Hamar. That's a complicated thing. But I'm well, on Twitter, PodFF. Okay, we're going to tag... We're going to take a photo and tag you on Instagram so people can start following you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, you can listen to these guys. And everyone can see how sweaty we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are we really taking pictures after yeah. this? <laughs> Uh, and then see these guys and 34 other shows and five pan, five or six panels at the Los Angeles Podcast Festival. We, we want to be on a panel as well. Can we be on a panel? You, as well? If you that, want that, to be, that I'll, put exciting. A, I'll put you on a panel for sure, free. Yeah, we'll be on a panel as well. Uh, Bob, why the sun? It's sort of a wrong. dream for me. You know, I mean, be on an American panel. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs>
I can make that happen. Oh, great. <laughs> I'm so happy. Um, so well, one of the things I wanted to mention, too, is not only are we going to have um, uh, Philip and Frederick, the podcast, but we also just uh, signed Stuff You Should Know. They're coming yeah. out from Atlanta. It's going to be uh, another great show for them. Guys, we're, we're going to be updating the website. Many of you have asked, schedule who's going to be on it. We're going to start putting the shows on, this, on, the, on the LAPodfest.com. Um, we have a big announcement coming up in the next week that's yes. going to be very cool. Obama is going to come. Oh, God, I wish. That'd be great. <laughs> now we got Joe Biden. Yeah. Joe Biden's doing the stand-up night. Yep. <laughs> He's closing <laughs> it. Uh, yeah, we've got some some great stuff, like uh, Dave Anthony's podcast, The Dollop. Uh, Pat Oswald's going to be their guest. Uh, Greg Barrett, who, as we know, many might not know, he's been uh, battling cancer right now. So they're going to do a walk in the room reunion show at Podfest. Yes, um, and so it's going to be it's going to be an awesome festival. Uh, probably the bigger biggest one we've done thus far. Mm-hmm. So check that out, LAPodfest.com. and of course follow us on. If you haven't, go to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. It's all at Comedy Film Nerds yes. on all of them. And also the iTunes Comedy Film Nerd Store is active. You can check it out. A lot of cool movie recommendations that you can uh, rent, like some cool indie films uh, that you may not be aware of, and that is at iTunes.com slash CFN. That's episode 275. Put it in the books. Thank you, Philip Hamar. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. Oh, God. I just <laughs> ruined it. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. We're Ble- not, yeah, we're not editing. <laughs> no, bleakly. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>